0: Hello, and welcome to our In the Zone podcast focusing on anti-drug antibodies and ADA assay development. In this podcast, we ask an expert what ADAs are, their importance in drug development, and the role sample pretreatment plays in ADA assay development. I am delighted to be joined by Lynn Kamen of BioAgilitics here today with us. Welcome, Lynn.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So my first question for you is what are ADAs and why are they so important in drug development?
1: Great question. Okay, so ADAs are termed anti-drug antibodies and they're produced by a patient's immune system after dosing with a drug. If you think about it, Every time you dose a patient with a drug, it's a foreign substance that you're putting into the patient. Therefore, every dose has the potential to be recognized by the patient's own immune system. If the immune system does recognize that drug, it can be activated, resulting in the formation of antibodies directed against this drug, which we call ADAs. Now, ADAs are important to monitor because they can affect both the safety and efficacy of the drug. By binding to the drug, they can lead to increased drug clearance from the system. The less drug on board, the less efficacious it would be. In addition, depending on the part of the drug it binds to, it can also block the drug's ability to bind to its target, therefore decreasing its efficacy by literally blocking the mechanism of action. In terms of the impact on safety, ADAs can lead to adverse events by triggering the immune system and leading to events such as anaphylaxis. Therefore, Monitoring ADAs is a critical component of drug development and is a key readout in any clinical plan.
0: So then how do you measure ADAs in patients?
1: ADA detection is usually through immunoassay, such as ELISA. Antibodies are found in blood, so generally serum samples are taken and tested for these ADAs. Now, typical ADA assays follow what we call a bridging immunoassay format where the drug is tagged either with a probe to capture the drug to the plate or with a probe to detect the drug once it is bound to the plate. Biotin is commonly used as the capture probe. It will efficiently capture the drug onto a streptavidin plate. The detection probe can be via chemiluminescence, such as ruthenylation, or absorbance-based with HRP conjugation or using a secondary antibody detection. Now, the two different forms of drug or the two different tagged forms of drug are mixed with the serum sample in what we call the master mix and incubate it. If ADAs are present in that serum sample with their two arms of the antibody, they will bridge the tagged drugs with either arm, allowing the complex to be captured on the plate and detected as a positive signal if no ADAs are present in the serum sample you will still capture the drug that was tagged for capture but you're not going to capture the drug that was tagged to the detection probe because you wouldn't have formed a bridge therefore you will get a negative signal indicating a lack of ADAs so that's how ADA immunoassay detection works
0: how can circulating drug interfere in ADA measurement
1: circulating drug Is the bane of any bioanalytical scientist. Let me tell you now, and here's why. If you have drug present in the serum samples, it can compete with the tagged drug in your master mix from binding to the ADA, therefore impeding the formation of the ADA bridge leading to a negative signal in the immunoassay. This is what we refer to as a false negative. Therefore, it is important to make sure your assay has adequate drug tolerance, which means it can still detect the ADAs in the presence of the expected levels of circulating drug.
0: Then what methods can be used to to decrease drug interference in assays?
1: There are several techniques that bioanalytical scientists can use to improve the drug tolerance of an assay. The first technique is the simplest, and my favorite as a result altering the incubation time in the assay. So if you're running the bridging format, it has been shown and actually published that by increasing the incubation time of your master mix, which remember is your patient serum sample with the tagged drugs. So if you increase the incubation time of your master mix for longer periods of time, you increase the formation of the bridges and therefore improve the drug tolerance. So the overnight time period is a pretty standard time to optimize that drug tolerance. If that is not sufficient, then there is another tool called sample pretreatment. In short, this means that you subject the patient sample to a treatment that breaks up the drug ADA complex, freeing the ADA from measurement in your assay. Most commonly used methods involve acid dissociation. The acid will break up the circulating drug ADA complexes, allowing the capture and purification of the ADA itself from the serum sample. There are several forms of acid pretreatment, including ACE, which stands for affinity capture elution, and bead biotin drug extraction and acid dissociation. Say that one five times fast. So the ACE method runs the sample through acid dissociation to break up the ADA circulating drug complexes, and then captures the ADA in the sample with a drug bound to the plate. In contrast, the bead method runs a similar acid dissociation step initially, but then adds in an excess of biotinylated drug to soak up the freed ADA, and then capturing that onto a streptavidin bead. Both methods have been demonstrated to improve the drug tolerance of an ADA assay and are widely used in the industry.
0: What are the pros and cons, then, of the different forms of sample pretreatment?
1: You know, with all things science, there are advantages and disadvantages to every method. For example, with the sample pretreatment methods ACE and BED, you run the sample through two separate acid dissociation steps. Every time you treat that sample with acid, you're going to lose some portion of the ADA. It's just a matter of fact. However, when developing the assay, you can use a gentler acid or shorter periods of time to preserve as much of the ADA as possible. But if you use a gentler acid, you might not get rid of all of the circulating drug. So that is why it is my recommendation to run a checkerboard development. Where you vary the acid treatment as well as the incubation times to see what gives you the best results with your particular drug ADA combination. A couple of key things to test is one, to directly measure how much ADA you are recovering. And you can determine this by putting a surrogate positive control antibody through your sample pretreatment, such as the acid dissociation, and measuring the amount of antibody you get back. Another thing to check is how much drug carry-through or leaching you are getting. The more drug you have coming through the sample pretreatment, the more interference you will get in the final assay. The best advice that I can give is to budget as much time as you can to develop the best method for your particular drug. And just because one particular form of sample pretreatment worked well in a previous assay does not necessarily mean it will work well in this assay. As one of my former mentors used to say, science can be hard, it can take time, but it is always worthwhile.
0: I love that quote. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lynn, and for sharing your knowledge and insights on ADA assay development and sample pretreatment.
1: Thank you, Vivian.
0: And to our listeners, you can find more In the Zone features at www.bioanalysiszone.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.